Well, one thing that I had been thinking about is this whole Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump yeah. uh, rivalry. Recently, DeSantis has got some attention for retweeting this very strange video of him basically owning the queers as they yeah. m- might have <laughs> thought of it. But And people were kind of, a lot of people were horrified by it and just, or just thought it was really weird because it was both homophobic and homoerotic at the same time. Right. But there are bigger threads in that controversy though. There's an interesting little story in one of the uh, pieces of footage that they used in that. And that was that there's this drag queen who uh, called herself Lady Maga. And Lady Maga has an interesting story because there was kind of like this brief moment in time after a Supreme Court, the former non-right-wing court saying that same-sex marriage was legal. Mm-hmm. Like there was this kind of little brief moment where Republicans could say, oh yeah, I support same-sex marriage and I am okay with drag queens. And that's where Lady Maga came from was this pro-Trump guy who actually is an ex-Mormon I learned recently. And so he made this very weird career of a (laughs) Republican drag queen, but hey, it was a living of some sort, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah. But over the past two years or so, he's abandoned Lady Maga because he's felt just so hated and persecuted because he has been. in of the whole who where the backlash is coming from right primarily which is there are these groups who i always think are so really quickly after 2013 for this, this a few years after at some point i was working on this documentary that was specifically related to it, it documented the march toward marriage equality the law of the land and so one of the things that we would frequently talk about, and it was a, it was specifically a film that was about sort of how the black church was or was not participating in aiding that, right? There are some churches that were affirming, actually, that this idea that every black church is homophobic was not true. And anyway, so that's the documentary. So I was sort of immersed in thinking about this for a period right after 2013. And one of the things that we would often talk about is now that marriage equality had was was the law of the land, that there were going to be a number of probably, specifically probably, uh, numerically, they would mostly be gay white men who would feel like they could co-sign any, they would co-sign stuff on the right because now their primary interests had been taken care of, which is 
I don't think it was short, short-sighted on our end because I think that I did see an increase in sort of log cabin Republican types, right? And whenever I see right, self-identified right-wing or right-leaning LGBTQ folks, whether that's right after the passage of marriage equality or more recently there have been a few, tra- I mean, I would call Caitlyn Jenner one of those people. There's a sort of trans YouTube star who tried to ingratiate herself with the right and realized yeah. that the right will well, never love her. Andrew Sullivan and Glenn Greenwald. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their whole thing is to get rid of the QT. They're very much part of the like, get rid of the QT part of it. And that it's everyone would love us if it wasn't for trans people. Like we had this all figured out. You guys just came along and mucked it up. And I just, I think it's really interesting when they feel like they are, the rug's been pulled out from under them because it's like, they are never going to genuinely love you. Like there's only so much empathy or sympathy I can feel for the people who start to side with their oppressors because they feel like they're in a safe zone. So fuck the rest of you. It's very much fuck you, pay me. And well, I, yeah, I I got, I got my shit. Yeah. My shit's taken care of. I don't care what happens to you. And uh, if I feel safe, I'm even happy to blame you and say that you're the problem. The only reason that they're angry with us is because of you. It's like at any moment, this could, this could flip on you. And you know, they're yeah. just, they're just waiting for an app. Op- like it's cyclical. It's such an ahistorical view to me because if you think that you have secured your rights and they will never, we, we, we have the same. Come for exact, Yeah. And like, and we have the exact same sort of circular history in the U S always. Right. Where, there's a movement that's progressive and it gains rights for the most marginalized. And then there's a massive backlash that then takes those rights away. And that is in perpetuity, wash and repent, and wash, rinse and repeat, mm-hmm. <laughs> wash and repent. So mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I'm just always surprised when some log cabin Republican type is, is says that they feel betrayed. Like I think they just sound ridiculous and I feel it's very hard for me to sympathize with them. Yeah, well, I, there's there's a meme for that. Remember, it's I, I never thought the I would I would the leopard would eat my face if I yeah the, the leopard eating, eating faces people's party. faces party <laughs> yeah yeah but 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 more seriously though and I mean to underline what you you just said that you know so like in in the world of software development like especially web software we we have what they call a an application stack. And that mm-hmm. is the basically like it's a it's the technologies that you build your thing on. So like if you're making a web application, you have your operating system of the server, you've got your web server software, you've got your content management software on top of that, and then you've got your theme on top of that with the graphics, and then you've got your content on top of that. And politics is actually the same way that mm that basically we all have basic, like our rights build on each other. So mm-hmm. like the first rights are the right to your person, yeah, you know, not to, to be able to go where you want. 
and then and then the right as and then and but then people having rights within their sex and within their race and within their sexual orientation or their what all all on up the up the political stack and a lot of people it's it's that concept isn't really explained very much Uh when like the idea of intersectionality is not i don't think most people have ever even heard that term but like that's one of my goals in doing this show is to get people to to see that because like i i mean like we were talking earlier that our initial starting points yours and mine in a lot of ways were extremely different um but yet somehow they also we also have a lot of things in common as well right and that's true for for everybody like you have to be able to see the things that you have to see someone else really fully for who they are and because there's a lot of you in other people and vice versa so two things for that one is i the i would say that some of the most diehard right wingers are quite aware of the term intersectionality and they manipulate it. They don't know uh, what it means. So yeah, they, or, or they, someone like Christopher Rufo who does know what it means and who very openly admits that he mislabels or misinterprets the meanings of, of these things just to stoke anger over them. Sure. Right. Or, or one I've, I've heard some right wingers say it just means that they look at how discriminated you've been against how, how much you've been discriminated against in the past. And that's, how much you should reap entitlements. And the, I mean, it's just this like complete. Yeah. They'd you know, call it the oppression Olympics is yeah, what they call it. Yeah, exactly. So they do, they, they malign it basically whenever they have the opportunity. But I, but I also think that like that concept is anathema on the right. I mean, the whole idea that what's so embedded in right. We're thinking to me is, it's very clannish. It's very parochial. It's it's this. There is this like so determination funny. not to yeah. empathize with others. This. Oh yeah. I don't. Why should I help you with your college debts if I paid off mine? Like, why should I care about if if there's something that affects you, but it doesn't affect me directly in a way that I can perceive immediately? Then, then why should matter. I give a shit about it? And yeah, that's that's totally what I think we saw happen with some of the, these kind of right-wing mascots that are LGBTQ identified folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you see it also like when it comes to like employees standing up for themselves mm-hmm. uh, against mistreatment from employers or play companies like Uber or whatever, like a lot of, and, and, and this isn't even Republicans only because like I have heard this from people who say they're, who do vote democratic. Like, yeah. And there, there are a lot more conservative Democrats out there than I think people realize. Yeah. Um, but like, there's this attitude that, well, I was exploited by my boss when I was young. And so right. it builds character for you or you just need to suck it up. And don't be a whiner and let people exploit you. And it's like, that doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> Did you really become a better person by being treated like shit? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's kind of a perversive American idea. 
the, just the idea that you eat shit and you're better for it. And it's like, well, you don't seem better for it. It's the same on a more personal level. It's the same logic as my parents beat the crap out of me and I turned out great. And it's like, actually, you are riddled with issues and pathology. <laughs> you just aren't aware of it. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. But but it, it's these are not things, though, that you really hear, I think, a lot about in progressive discourse either. Like, I mean, I think plenty of progressives believe the stuff that we've been talking about here, mm -hmm. right? But I feel like that uh, the progressive subculture, if you will, has become large enough that they don't feel the need to explain themselves anymore to a lot of mm. people. Keep talking. I want to expound on that, please. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the sense that like, let's say, I don't know, like, let's say you went to college and you had a, you had a class in black history or you had a gender studies class and, and you came out from there with a different perspective and you learned some things about the way of things that happened to people you hadn't really seen before. Right. You're able to, cause like, I mean, ultimately that's, I think what most people like, here's, here's the weird thing about life is that most of us want to be seen truly by somebody else. Yeah. We want that desperately. Yeah. But some of us hate that. We're terrified to be seen. That's an interesting take because I, this is the thing I, okay, yeah. I mean, keep going, but this is the thing that I always think is part of at the core of so many people's politics is the desperation to be seen, to be heard, to be understood. And, mm -hmm. and the way that you go about kind of navigating that, right? Or, mm. or feeling, so yeah, keep talking. Cause I, it's, okay, when you say okay. there are people that don't, that, that really don't want that. Yeah, well, like, and I, I think the best example of that is how, like, if you look at, for instance, the polling of, of Gen Z Americans, so we'll say it's, I guess what, I guess that's like 30 and below mm -hmm. right now, roughly, mm -hmm. that, the the it is overwhelming like the the gender gap is the biggest that it's ever been in any generation by far mm -hmm. so for these gen z men who are republican or just younger republican men generally like there's they're they don't want to have to live in a world where women can have options <laughs> Like it's angering right. to them and therefore it's the women's fault. Right. And, and it's like, well, maybe some of those women are assholes. That's possible. But on the other hand, you are the, the only commonality well, I, in, yeah, say, in those relationships. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's you, it's you. And if, if you can't get a date, maybe there's something wrong that you're doing. And yeah. that's where I'm saying that, they don't want to see that and they don't want to have a woman or or much worse a man tell them that to tell them hey you know what maybe your thinking is fucked up and you've been listening to the wrong people mm. and maybe your ideas are coming more from emotion rather than reason the way you think it is okay yeah i mean i would say that they because it's different, right? They don't want to be 
they don't want to be seen at levels beyond which they are currently capable of seeing themselves. But I guess speaking of that insecurity, though, there's, I think that that's, that's a, a lot of the story behind a lot of this litigation against affirmative action mm-hmm. that, that we've been seeing in, in recent years that, you know, and it's like people are, are using it as they're, they're picking up different people's insecurity. Cause like, and I think it, there was somebody on Twitter and I think you had retweeted it maybe, but there was like a guy that was like, look, you know, the reality is 90, nine percent of people who are applying to Yale or Harvard or whatever they're not getting it yeah and that's true about that's true whatever your race is you're not getting in yeah Harvard accepts four percent of its applicants like, so yeah. yeah and so and so and it's like so if you're an, and and it was an, an Asian man who said this he was like look you know, oh yeah, that video. That was yeah, that was actually funny. That was why I retweeted it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you 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 should summarize it then. Since I'm, oh, it was. I I, I, know, I don't want to quote you quoting him. <laughs> no, I mean I reposted it without comment, but he was sort of making a, a joke out of it, but saying like, "What are you gonna do now that you don't have anyone to blame, and your mother has to tell her friends that you really didn't get in because you just didn't you didn't you didn't measure up." Like, that's what that means now. You don't have anyone to place the blame on. But he did it in a much funnier way than I'm, than I'm doing it. Because just now the way I did it wasn't funny at all. So Yeah, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. But, but it's true, though, because, like, it is, I mean, that's, it is trying to figure out how to deal with setbacks in your own personal life. I mean, that and dealing with insecurities that come from that. I mean, I do, that's like a core sort of meta narrative that yeah. the right wing uses with people because like they'll they will tell i mean they they, they have just a, a, a while at the same time saying everything that the left uses victimization but yeah. it's like you guys are constantly out there saying christians are the most persecuted people in america or, or that and actually if you look at polls republicans say that white people face more discrimination than black people do. Mm-hmm. Republicans, they really believe this too. And like, and, and, and they Although believe a significant it. number of white Americans overall, like something like in the low 40s, um, say something right. similar. I mean, it's so. It's, yeah, that's, it's that, really that's true. Dodgy when you start to like break down the numbers. But yes, it is a majority of conservatives slash Republicans. Yeah. And when like, <laughs> And it's funny, we're, we're, I keep thinking of memes here in these conversations, but you know <laughs> what? That's, this is an informal show, so we can get away with it. But like, there's that, there's that, that other meme that I love, which it's that goose that attacks the guy. And, you know, because th- right like, to do what? That's right. Yeah. To do what? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, no, and it's like, yeah, because like because Repo- Republicans do constantly say, well, my, I'm being oppressed for my right. viewpoints. I'm being, and it's like, oh, well, which, which viewpoints are you being, are are people criticized? Because it's really more about being criticized for them. Right. And it's like, usually it tends to come down to, oh, well, I think that being transgender is satanic. Yeah. (laughs) Or black people are lazy bums. Yeah. And that's why black poverty exists. And it's like, maybe when you say shit like that, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's what people don't like when you express that. But like, they don't, it's so, 
there's this just this idea that seeing other perspectives, just knowing that they exist, is oppressive. Is a, yeah, is exactly. oppressive. Knowing that they're that, that. I mean, that's why we have this whole we had that whole fake CRT social panic, right? Mm-hmm. Just to to well, even yeah. discuss to more. issues of race, mm-hmm. to even discuss the realities of race in America or white supremacy in America. I mean, I just saw, and I wish I, I, I actually should have taken note of or, or sent this to you, but there is a, a legislator, I, I think it was in Iowa, who said he does want the history of the Tulsa race riot to be taught, but he does not want it to be taught with the context being that- this We need to keep race out, of it. Of it, keep race out <laughs> of it. Which is like, such an insane thing to say. I mean, I just think that like, uh, and I, sometimes I feel like uh, we're saying the same things over and over again, but they keep presenting themselves at the core of so many of these stories of these civil rights being rolled back is that victimolo- the victimology of rightward thinking is so core to conservative thinking. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's the idea that politicians push out to their base. It's the way that so many conservatives see themselves. I mean, I, and, and that's also a reflection of this kind of entitlement that we will probably constantly talk about, which is this idea that there is a, you exist in a zero sum state. And if someone else is winning, you are losing. If black people are advancing in some way, it means that you are losing in some way. Something is being taken from you that was yours. The whole idea of cancel culture for the right was just that it wasn't that such before you could say whatever you wanted and everyone could take a joke. It's that there people didn't have a platform. Social media in many ways allowed all these communities that couldn't speak up when people were punching down at them, which they did relentlessly and con- constantly, allowed those people to speak up in a way where they were heard and by the dominant groups and they had to acknowledge them. And maybe you had to feel bad. Maybe someone called you out. Like, I'm sorry, that's not the same as being canceled. I mean, that there again, it's like somehow you are the victim, even though what you do, these incredibly shitty things. And yet somehow you are the person who's being attacked. It's tiring to, to watch what's Yeah, happening. and like the original meaning of, of woke. I mean, like, I'm sure... And you can obviously speak to me better in this regard, but, you know, like, I mean, like a lot of black friends that I have had that are more engaged on racial justice issues, they would have told me that people are, that their black friends and relatives would be like, why are you always talking about this stuff? I don't want to hear about it. I mean, is that something that you've, you've had or seen in others? I mean, I guess it would be more because my uh, most of my friends are like-minded in terms of their political engagement, but maybe a little more with family, and that sort of divides down the middle. Like, I have some incredible... I mean, I have relatives that are in politics, right? But then I have others who are just like, you are such a buzzkill. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's, it's tiring, especially when you get into the minutia of some of this stuff. I mean, it's tiring for me. Like, I wish... I don't want to write about this shit constantly. Like I, it doesn't feel good, you know? Yeah. Like, I oh, I know. It. Oh my God. Yes. Like, yeah. Staring. Like I sometimes tell people when they ask me, what do you do for a living? And if I'm feeling sarcastic that day, I'll be like, I stare into the abyss. 
and write about it and write about what comes out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a relative who actually is in politics who said to me recently, he just, he read a, a recent piece and, and literally after he read it, he just wrote me back and said, you're still in therapy, right? I mean that like he gets it. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's relentless and, and it's also just to get to some of the realities of just watching an empire, not so much die. I mean, not that I'm on the side of the empire, but just watching the slow slide into whatever this horrific thing is that's coming. It's, it's, it's hurtful. It's like, I never had any you. I, I think you grow up with certain illusions about America and you're certainly, you're certainly raised to, to nurture some of those illusions, but I always had some awareness of how those were just like fallacies we were raised with. And now like I, it's, I'm constantly astounded by how much parts of this country just genuinely hate me for existing. I mean, that is when you, when you realize how much hatred there is based on just who you are as an embodied person and the ideas that people have based on that, it's, well, and, it's and incredible, hate, and it's and hate you in different ways. So and hurt you know, yeah, <laughs> not just not yeah. just like they hate you for multiple reasons. That you, yeah, yeah. You know, well, that's what I mean. There are woman, multiple you are and black, intersecting. You're an atheist. You yeah, know, like you have. They have lots of reasons to hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fact often just they hate sort of the things that I write. I have pieces they go up if people respond to and say that like I'm the one that's ruining everything because I won't shut up about this stuff and if we could just stop talking about it everything would get better. I mean hey but that, you know there's huge reserves right of there hate. There's huge that's, reserves of, <laughs> of hate and it's it's mm -hmm. it's really dis disheartening it's especially when you see it being basically codified into law. Basically. Yeah. Well yeah no it, it is it, it definitely can be discouraging and I mean, yeah, but for me, like learning about past progressive change makers, yeah. like that is a way to help yourself sort of steal yourself back up because yeah, as bad as things are in our present day, I mean, imagine somebody who was working against segregation. Oh, yeah. Know, or I constantly think six, about the toppling of, of Reconstruction and what that look like yeah right? and like, and, like mean, and some of them like they actually saw it happen personally like w.e.b du bois i mean yeah that guy lived until he was like 90 something or other yeah uh, and so like he knew how things had been and yeah. he saw it taken away in his own lifetime in a much more precipitous fashion than we're seeing now and like yeah so, but, but, and what but, I was saying before about everything being circular in this country, yeah, I mean, that's really right, yeah. can time your watch by it. So, you, I will again think about that stuff, and it's the reason to sort of keep going. And as much as you feel like maybe you're completely drained, the reality is you aren't ever really like the fact that you sit down and write the piece is the evidence that you still have hope because you wouldn't do it if you were really bereft of hope, you know. Mm. And, and in some ways, I do think not that it's. I give credit to people who are really out there fighting the good fight in lots of different ways. But like writing is a form of fighting. I, I mean, for yourself personally, because mm -hmm. where are you going to put all this shit? But also, I don't know, yeah. even if you're just informing the people on your own team, at least people are getting well, and, out of it. And that is a serious like, and that's something that l literally anybody can do. Like you don't have to be a journalist or a 
podcast or, or whatever. It's like just simply letting your apolitical Democratic voting friends or family know about some of this fucked up stuff. Ultimately, getting more people to understand what's at stake and just educating them a little bit. Because the right, they actively do not seek majority. Like That's been their strategy literally from the beginning of this reactionary movement. And one of them was this guy named Paul Weyrich. Oh, and, yeah. Actually, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, and, and he, yeah. he flat out said in 1980, uh, elections have never been won by a majority since the beginning of this republic, and they are not now. And quite candidly, our leverage increases the fewer people that are voting. That was their game plan in yeah. 1980. And so getting people who are in the majority, we are the majority. People, they agree with us. But the right tells people, give up. But one thing Both parties mention, are the same. This go, is yeah, the thing, ahead. though. It's like, yes, a lot of these policies are popular policies, right? I mean, abortion quote unquote, sensible gun control. I hate that they have to put sensible in front of it every time they say it because that stuff is, is, is popular if you look at the numbers. But I think we also, I always come back to this, which is, and there are plenty of books over the last 10 years about this, but there are, it's not just that the right tells people or, or dupes people. I mean, there are people who really are willing to vote against their best interests if they think it will keep them on top. Like, I mean, we, we, we know that, right? There are some people that are so invested, specifically in white supremacy, that even if there is going to be some mission creep that hurts them, they are willing to vote for it if they think in the process, the people that they dislike will be hurt. And I think that's just something we have to expect and be realistic about in terms of, trying to spread the word about why these policies are toxic. Like there's just a, there's just a certain percentage that you're never going to win over because they're not interested in liberty or quote unquote equality or everyone doing mm -hmm. well. They, they yeah. have, a, they are invested in a much different country than that. I agree with that or what you just said overall, but like there are some people who are conservative who just don't know how crazy the reactionaries are. We want to make it a crime to teach about Frederick Douglass's viewpoints. Yeah. Like people on the right, they've got this idea, oh, this is just this woke mind virus of the 20th century. And it's like, hey, asshole, have you ever read Frederick that, Douglass? That, that's the thing. No, they haven't. I mean, the <laughs> they haven't. I've written where I'm like, if you had ever actually read anything about the history that you're complaining about, you would actually know that this isn't some newfangled thing, you yeah. know? I mean, if you quoted the one line of MLK that you've read, you would right. know that he said some pretty fucking radical shit. Yeah. Uh, and they don't fully understand this stuff. Like uh, the Moms for Liberty group, they just had their conference last month and they were having people in this event who were talking about how transgender people and Democrats are controlled by demons. That's what was said at this group. And yet and ABC your problem, News. And your problem with that is what? <laughs> no, but and, and like ABC News went to this conference and they were like, oh, yeah, these are some happy warriors. Yeah. They're out there, you know, just advocating for parent rights. And it's like, 
you were there. Yeah. You heard them say these things. <laughs> and yeah. this, this is what you come out with. Like, that's the shit that I'm talking about, Kelly. Like, to be able to educate your own side, to get people to understand, look, you know, these fuckers are a lot more freaky than you have any idea. And you better goddamn vote in every fucking election because yeah. that's what they do. Right. A lot more freaky. Yes. I yeah. feel like we should wrap on that note because it's so perfect. Yeah, we could do that. By the way, we haven't even talked about what we thought about our first recording. The The end of our deceit works perfectly for it, actually, because it's, you know, what we're doing is very experimental. The ending of it, I feel like it's perfect for this experimental setting because it's so abrupt. And like you're, you're just sitting there oh. listening to it and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then boom, it ends. <laughs> Like, I love and, that. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. And to me, when I was, when I, once I stuck it in and I was listening to it at the end, I was like, it actually kind of reminds me of this dynamic that I want it to be an experience that is very different for people when they're listening to be something that stands out and like that surprising ending. I, it, I just, I really love it at the end there. I do. Um, that makes me very happy. Like, so heartwarmingly happy, really. Uh, well, I'm good. Truly, truly. I, I'm glad. Oh, that reminds me. Did you, did you ever listen to those songs that I sent you? No, I was actually thinking about it all day. Evil. No, I promise <laughs> I won't. I just, I was okay. actually going to say to you, like, I feel like it's so impossible to get to everything I want to do. Like, I promise I will listen to it this weekend. Like, oh, okay. It'll be a priority like, for me. Yeah, for me, because there's there's something about, and I don't know how you feel about opera or anything like that. Uh, I that imagine you, you like it well enough, yeah. right? Yeah. This stuff is like a cut. This is several cuts above. And the other fun thing about it is that because like, it, and this is where there's so many aspects of older cultures and history, like we were saying about Frederick Douglass and MLK, right? With sort of black radicalism right yeah but in the musical world in theater world of course drag was a thing mm -hmm. drag has been a thing in western culture for literally thousands of years most of the classical period up until maybe like uh beethoven's time up until then men sang the soprano and alto parts did you know that it was mm -hmm. men and so it was like it was like gay men and literally castrated men. Like castrados. So, castrado, yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, but think about that though. Like, you know, they're like, oh, you, you people are, are are so evil and devilish. You're you're making people cut off their genitals, and it's yeah. like, bro, people have been doing that. Yeah. For thousands of years. It's so funny because I was just randomly reading about castrados the other day. I think I saw the name of a famous castrado and I was like, oh, I never heard of this person. And I was reading about it. And then I started reading about castrado lives at post castration. And there are only a few that rose to like huge fame and a lot of the others. And this is a whole other thing. I'm taking us completely off track. Wish the best for me and that this phone gets to me in the next hour that it's promised to come. I, I will offer a, a prayer to the shipping sprites. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to need it. All right. All right. Take care. Right. Well, see you later. Have your job. Bye. Bye.